Let's, uh, let's open our Bible, starting in Genesis 1. Genesis 1. And the title of this message, I'll put on the screen there, is The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. And I want to show you something. I like, I put the copy of Robert Morris's book, The Blessed Life. Robert Morris, the pastor of Gateway Church in Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, just an incredible teacher. I uh, glean a lot from his teaching. Several years ago, Miss Nell Ely shared with me um, his message. It was on CD at the time, uh, The Blessed Life. And it blessed, it blessed my life. It blessed my socks off. It blessed me so much that uh, I just reread it, rewatched it, stopped it, paused it, took notes. And I preach his message once a year to this church. It's a message about stewardship and giving. But before you get freaked out on that, no. It's really about Jesus. Yes. And, and the way he unfolds it, it just unfolds Christ more. So I don't even try to really change it that much. I'm just, I, just, I try to do my best to preach what he preached. Because it's so articulate and it lays it out. So Robert Morris, you can see there's a picture of a pitcher there uh, pouring that water. I believe that water, that's the river of life. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit. And just flowing into our life. And it says, unlocking the rewards of generous giving. And you see the cup that overflows and is running over. Amen. This church, praise the Lord, have gotten a hold of this teaching and this truth from his word. And it has blessed this church. It has blessed these people. It has blessed your homes and your families and your children. Some of you already, your children and your children's children. It's blessed the nations. Amen. And I want to explain that a little bit and open the picture of Jesus Christ through the word of giving. Amen. Everybody good with that? Mm-hmm. So let's start all the way back in Genesis, chapter 1, and verse 26. The Bible says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our own likeness, and let them rule over everything. Hallelujah. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase and fill the earth and rule over everything. Now let's just pause like that. Let us make man in our image, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, making mankind to be like him with creative ability and to rule over all what God has created. So he made a beautiful, wonderful earth and he blessed it and he put us, man in charge, with the blessing and he blessed us and said, go and fill the earth with my blessing. Amen. In other words, the concept, and we say it all, all the time, but now it's going to be unveiled deeper to you today by the word. The concept is he blessed us in order to be a blessing to the whole earth. Picture this way. Picture the Garden of Eden. There's the whole earth, the whole creation. And the Garden of Eden is kind of like the conduit between heaven and earth. 
And man is the conduit between God and all of creation. So he put man in charge of the whole earth. He blessed the whole Garden of Eden and told Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the whole earth with this blessing that God and man are walking together and the blessing of heaven's flowing to earth. Now take this blessing that's in the Garden of Eden and multiply it and fill the whole earth. You got that picture? So it's being fruitful and multiply and increase. Everybody say increase. increase. Hallelujah. So, praise God, that's the goal for him to increase, to spread his influence, his blessing, and his glory to all the earth. Now, flip a few pages to Genesis 12. Genesis 12, the story of Abraham. Verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I'm going to show you. Okay? So first of all, get the picture. He's calling him and he's calling you out of the world and into his will. Out of the world, into his will, his blessing. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So leave your land and go where I'm going to show you. Then he says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. You, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Same thing like Adam and Eve. I'm putting you in charge. Spread and multiply the blessing. Now, the world fell into sin. All kind of mess calls out another man, Abram. Hey, you come out of that sinful world. Follow me. I'm taking you to a new place, and I'm going to bless you. And because my blessing is on you, it's going to bless the whole earth. Hallelujah. You got it? See it again? Just like in Adam, now it's Abraham. I'm going to bless you, and that blessing is going to be like the picture you just saw where it's flowing in, and it's going to flow out to you, Abram, so much that it's going to overflow, and out of you is going to bless the whole earth. In other words, the same concept, blessed to be a blessing. Amen? So it's increase. God's uh, message, the kingdom, is forever expanding. Enjoying his grace and extending, expanding, increasing his glory. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, watch this. So I will bless you to be a blessing. Fill and increase. Now, now Jesus comes. Jesus comes and praise the Lord where Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of them were still bound to that nature of Adam. Jesus came not from Adam, but from God. Now he never yields to the enemy. He never sins. And praise the Lord, he fulfills all the blessing. Now we, praise God, are blessed because Jesus was blessed. And he walked with God as the second Adam, not under the fall. And he brings the kingdom back to the earth, this time to never be corrupted again. He brings the kingdom of God back and he doesn't yield to Satan like the first Adam did. Now we who believe in him are born again into the kingdom of God. And now the blessing of God that came to the Garden of, of Eden has now come back to the earth through Christ and all of those who are in Christ. Amen. Hey, the garden's back. Amen. The blessing's back, church. 
The kingdom of God and all the blessing that comes with it has come now in Christ and we who believe in Christ have stepped into the kingdom of God and now the kingdom is back on earth. And it's in you. So just like the cup that overflows, Christ in you is overflowing to be a blessing to your spouse and your children as you're increasing and multiplying. Praise the Lord. It's a blessing to your work. It's a blessing to your neighbors. It's a blessing from this church that's spreading all over Louisiana. Look at them all. It's a blessing we can't contain. So as it flows out, it reaches Lake Charles. It reaches Shreveport. It reaches Uganda. It reaches Malawi. We can't contain it we're so blessed yeah. Woo! I've tapped into something I can't contain man have some dude come on take it I've tapped into something it flows in and flows out like a river and the rivers gushing more and more see the river comes out of the well spring up and it flows out but as it flows and there's been barriers put up by man different barriers of denominationalism racism thisism thatism as we come to the truth those rivers are those walls are being knocked down and now the the river of life's flowing more strongly than ever before greater is the latter temple I'm telling you, the river's flowing stronger now than it was in Solomon's day. This house, praise the Lord, the church of the living God, being filled with his glory, and it's overflowing out of this to the streets of every nation. Folks, church, you're living in end-time revival, man. I hope you can see that. I hope you don't get so bogged down on the negative and the news and the stuff of the world that you can't see. Oh, Lord God, thank you. Thank you. I'm reminded of a word. Praise the Lord. You hear all the destruction and of violence and shooting in Florida and other places. Watch this, church. Sin abounds. And sin abounds and it's ugly. But I'm telling you, where sin abounds, grace abounds the more. Don't focus on the ugly. It's out there. See, see, Satan's ramping up his game and he's angry. But where it gets worse, on the other side, hallelujah, it's getting better and better, and it's flowing mightier and mightier. Okay? Hallelujah. Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. More. Man, let's focus. Let's know, know, know who you are. We're in this world now, and we're flowing, praise the Lord, with the blessing of the kingdom. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're, we're of the kingdom, and now we're ambassadors of the kingdom. And we're in this world with the blessing of the kingdom, and it's flowing out of us. Church, that's who you are. I want you to believe it when you step into work tomorrow morning. When you step into work tomorrow morning, I want you to know that you're stepping in. The kingdom of God has come to your workplace. The kingdom of God has come. Because it's in you, and wherever you go, what flows out of you is going to be blessing. you got to see it that way. It's Christ in you, man. He's in you. He flows out. He touches. He heals. He delivers. He brings peace. He brings blessing. That's who you are. You're the conduit of the blessing of the kingdom of God. Just like from, okay, so you got the picture now. Before I get bogged down and make this a series of 12 messages, I'm going to try to do it in two. Okay? 
All right, so this is, Gen this is Genesis connected to Abraham. Got it? All right, let's move forward. Help me, Lord. All right, now, so we're designed to be a blessing. Now, God put in here a way to test your heart with this blessing. He's going to test you to see if you can handle the blessing. To see if it'll flow out or not. He put in a practical application to test your heart. It's there. Go with me now to Deuteronomy 8. Do you love me? I'm going to test your heart, he says. See, I want to pour out a blessing you cannot contain. But first I want to see if you can handle it. I can't get it to you if I can't get it through you. If it's not going to throw through you, I can't get it to you. I've got to get it to someone else. Hello? Deuteronomy chapter 8. Okay. Verse 1. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. So that you may live and increase. Everybody say increase. increase. There it is again. That's that word, that idea to increase the blessing. Continue to let it flow. And may enter and possess the land the Lord has promised you on oath to your forefathers. Verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. So they're going in and now he's reminding them of some stuff. Okay. They're going into the blessed, the promised land, the, promise, the land he promised to Abraham when he said, come to this land and I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. Now these people are the descendants of Abraham and they're about to acquire the blessing that was given to Abraham. You following it? Amen? So here we are. Praise God. He said, you're going to come to that land now. He said, remember these 40 years, how I led you in the desert for, to humble you and to test you. In order to know what was in your heart. Does God test people to know what's in their heart? Does God test you to know what's in your heart? Yes. Does he kind of really already know? Yes. Does he want to bring it out so that you can see it too? Yes. Okay. Amen. Wow. To know what's in your heart, whether or not you will keep my commands. New Testament translation, whether or not you will keep my word. Whether or not you will really follow me. Hello. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and feeding with you with manna, which neither you nor your forefathers had known. Now watch this. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus quoted this in his temptation in the desert. Oh, thank you, Lord. Watch this. Praise God. Church, you see that? Look. So, so they're in the wilderness and they're hungry and thirsty and they're complaining and whining. And God gives them manna to eat. And uh, they eat that and they're blessed. But then they start complaining about that. 
Jesus is in the wilderness. Okay, what? Okay, okay, get the parallel. They're in the wilderness 40 years. They complained and grumbled. Jesus is in the wilderness 40 days, 40 nights without eating or drinking a thing. Satan comes to him just like they came to them, but Jesus doesn't whine or complain. He said, shut up, devil. Man does not live. Are you telling me to turn these stones into bread? He, Satan said, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread because you're hungry and you're the son of God. Jesus said, shut up, Satan. The word says, and he quoted this from Deuteronomy 8, man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the Israelites fell to it and then in the desert 40 years, Jesus won it with the word. You see? Amen. Instead of whining or complaining, he just gave the word. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, God. Now, well, let's keep going. So we're in Deuteronomy 8. Okay. To, now, okay, by feeding you manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, watch this, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but in every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Verse 4, your clothes did not wear out, your feet did not swell during those 40 years. Praise the Lord. Know then in your heart that a man disciplines his son as the Lord your God disciplines you. He teaches, he corrects us, he, he tests us, he shows us things. He, he asks us to step out in his word. He asks us to deny ourselves and follow him. Sometimes there's some hardships, sometimes there's some struggle. Will your faith continue to believe in the word of God or will you crack and fall every time you have a hard time? Some of those are tests, folks. He wants to bless you, but he wants to see if you can handle the blessing. So you, you come up against your, you get out and you're doing well, and you come up against your first wall, and it's a test, and you fall to it. He's ready to get you through. To the, he wants to bless you again, but he, he wants to see you pass this one, praise the Lord. So stand on faith in his word and move forward. Instead of whining or complaining like they did in the wilderness, all right? So he goes on. Now he's teaching to them. Observe the commands of the Lord, Lord, verse 5. Walk in his ways. For the Lord your God, here it goes, he's bringing you to a good land. A land with streams and pools of water. Springs flowing in the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley. Vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, honey. A land where bread will not be scarce for you and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you could dig copper out of the hills. God likes his mankind going into the earth, digging up oil and gas and stuff. Thank you, Lord God. We're in a country now that we can go, go get it. Amen. Amen. God doesn't want governments to shut it off. He wants us to go get it. He put it there for us to use. It's right here, isn't it? You just read it, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Send that one to Congress. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, that's why the liberals have so much trouble. They don't read the word. Okay. I don't want to get bogged down there either. So what I'm showing you is it's God's will to bring you to this promised land. He blessed Jesus, and you've entered into the blessing, and Jesus now has taken back from Satan and owns it all, amen, and you are part of him, and he wants to bless you. When you have eaten, now watch this, now he's warning them, when you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget 
when you start to come into the blessing church, God delivers you from your bondage of Egypt and your addiction, your struggle. You come out and start being blessed. Or you come into your family, you've gone through some struggle, you got some counseling, you've done well, you got back in church, now you're feeling blessed. Or things start happening, you're coming, you, things are going good, you're getting blessed. Hey, after you start getting blessed, don't stop and not remember the Lord your God and think maybe you did this on your own. That's what he's telling you here. That's what the Israelites were about to do and he's warning them. He said, look, when you have come into the land and you're eaten and you're satisfied, okay, don't forget the Lord failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I'm giving you. Otherwise, when you eat and drink and satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and your flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and you have, a multi and you have multiplied, then your heart will become proud. You ever met someone that's done well and they start getting proud about it? Look what I've done. Look at me and my family, or maybe you come from a family who's done well and it made you proud. I'm not against doing well. I'm talking about doing well. But I'm talking about you got to recognize where it comes from and let the blessing continue to flow. And there's a test of your heart. God put a practical application to test your heart to see if you're proud or not. To see if you think it's from you or from him. He put a practical test in it. It's very clear. Okay. To see if you think it's from you or from him. Be careful, okay? All right? To, that you forget your Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast, dreadful desert and thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes, its scorpions. He brought you out and gave you water from the hard rock. He gave you manna to eat, something that your fathers had never known, to humble you, here it is again, to test you. To test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, now follow along. I'd like everybody to bring their word to church. Amen. Okay, if you're, an, if you're a high-tech person and you got it on your phone, bring it. But then open it and look at it with me, please. Don't just stare at me. Look at the word. Okay? So it says here, verse 17. Now, some of you, oh Lord, do I got to even say that? Some of you got, get, get mad and rebel. Oh, he's telling me I got to bring my Bible. I'm telling you, this is what the Lord says. He wants you to bring the word. Now you can receive that and obey it, or you can rebel against it and get a stubborn fist up at, at, at the Lord. He wants you to, hey, how many think it would be a good idea for Christians to bring their Bible on their, on their, here or on their app? Think it'd be a good idea to raise your Bible. Good, good. About half of you. I'm glad. Praise the Lord. Okay. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> he said, no, because I want you to see this so you know I'm not saying it. He's saying it. Verse 16. He gave you manna in the desert to humble you and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. What's the goal of this message? That it might go well with you. Amen. I'm doing this because I love you. God loves you. And he, he, he wants it to go well with you. And you might say to yourself, my power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. That's what God doesn't want you to say in your heart. Well, I'm doing well now. You know, my business is booming. My family's blessed. I'm off of drugs. I'm out of sin. Everything's good. 
I don't need to go to church. I don't need that God thing anymore. Look what I'm doing. I'm doing quite well. Look at me. Huh. He doesn't want you to say that, but verse 18. But remember the Lord God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Anybody been blessed with their job? Where does it come from? He gives you the ability to produce wealth. He blessed your family that you might have come up in a blessed family. He blessed Christ that you might have come up in a rough family with nothing. And now you've come to Christ that you can step into the blessing. But don't forget where it came from. Amen. But remember the Lord you God. It's he who gives you the ability to get wealth. Now here's the purpose. Here's why he wants to bless you. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to his fathers. I'm going to bless you because that's my will. I made a covenant with Abraham. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to the world. So I'm going to bless you, church, today in 2018, so that you can be a blessing to others. Amen. He confirms his covenant with Christ. Christ came to bless the world with salvation, which is a whole lot more than escaping hell. Salvation is to bless your health, to bless your wealth, to bless your land, to bless your school, to bless your city, to bless your body, to bless your children, to bless everything. Salvation is a big package of joy. Amen. So remember the Lord you got who confirms his covenant that he swore to his forefathers. Amen. Hallelujah. Now. Let's move on a little bit so we, we see this picture. Praise God. Turn with me to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16. Y'all enjoying it so far? Amen. Good. Good. Hey man, even, even a giving tithing message is about Christ, isn't it? So it's all good and fun. You know? Sometimes you can't like schedule it way out ahead in advance and tell everybody because, man, they want to miss the tithe message. <laughs> well, the only ones I'll have here are the tithers. Y'all okay? Praise the Lord. Luke 16, verse 10. Now, Jesus speaking here to all of us. His word, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Yeah. Let that sink in. Whoever be, can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. So you can't be trusted with much until you first show yourself trusted with little. You can't have the mindset... Well, I'm just starting, man. I just, I'm young. I just got a job. It's my first job. I got to build this. I can't tithe yet. I'm going to wait till I get more money. Or I just got out of fresh start. This is my first job. I got, a, I got fines to pay. I got this or that. I'm just starting. I can't tithe yet. No, no, no. You can't be trusted with more till you're trusted with little. Isn't that what it says? Yes. 
Guys, the concept of the tithe, praise, I'm glad it's not the government. I'm glad it's not a graduated scale where you make more, you have to give a higher percentage. No, it's the same for the rich and the poor, 10%. That's right. Okay? I wish the taxes were the same. Amen. I want to give 10% to the church plus an offering above that when, as the Lord leads me. And I want to give 9% to the government. Seven five. Huh? Seven five. Seven five would be better? Okay, I'll bring it up at the next meeting. We'll see how it goes. Okay? I don't think the government should get more than the church, really. Amen. Yeah, anyway, but we'll just move on from there because I'm, I'm too blessed to complain, right? Amen. Hallelujah. So, Luke says, okay, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with little is also dishonest with much. Now, what's he talking about here? Well, he's talking about everything, but he makes a point that it's about money on the next line. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, money today, back then it was cows and lands and sheep. If you've not been trusted with handling your money now, who can trust you with the true riches? In other words, guys, the tithe is the heart test to see if he can bless you more. Amen. It's a test of your heart. I tested the Israelites all these times while they're going through struggle. Will they give me glory and praise or will they fuss and complain? I want to take them to the land flowing with milk and honey. I want to take them into this land and I want to bless them. But 40 years I'm testing them. Hey, praise God, I'm glad my second Adam, my Lord and Savior Jesus, passed the test in 40 days and we acquired a blessing when we believe. Hello? But praise the Lord. Let the little children come unto me. Please, let's don't shut them out. All right. Mm. So if you've been trustworthy in handling money, if you haven't been trustworthy in handling money, who can trust you with the true riches? He wants to bless you. Okay, here's the blessing. The money thing is the simplest and easiest part. You just write a check, boom, it doesn't take you a minute. Okay, the true riches, walking in the kingdom and all the blessing and letting it overflow. Can you do the simple thing that he can trust you with the deeper things? Can you do the simple thing that he can trust you with the deeper things? He wants you to speak his word and have it flow out to your sister in such a way that it touches their heart and it's real and it's pure. He wants to give you a word of knowledge for a coworker that you can speak into their life and they'll know it's from God. He wants to put you in part of a church that's sending the word to other nations, that's teaching pastors and leaders and blessing the world. He wants you to be faithful and he wants to bless you with the deep things of God. Can he trust you with this one little thing in a heart test and see if you're faithful for it? Am I making this up, twisting the word, getting it wrong, or does it say it like that? Does it pretty much say it that clear? Yes, you know, sometimes we read over things and it's helpful to have a pastor or a teacher to talk about it, bring it up, 
and focus and, you know, make you think and look at it yourself and, you know, see and study and let the Lord speak to you. Because when the Holy Spirit speaks to you about something, now you got to deal with it. But I'm telling you, if this is not a bad thing for you, what I'm telling you, make open your heart and lay yourself up and see and make you think about a lot of stuff. But praise God, it's for a reason and purpose. The whole reason is because God wants to bless you. Yeah. It's not because, um, you know, my freezer's empty. I got two deer in there right now. <laughs> and I didn't even hunt this year. Hallelujah. So, and a hog. And a hog. Somebody called me and asked me, Brother Dave, would it hurt your feelings if, I, if uh, since you're so busy with soccer, you don't have time to hunt, if I would kill it for you? I said, no, buddy, that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. No. Hallelujah. Guys, the church is blessed. We have folks that's been with us over 20 years and tapped into this truth 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, and their businesses have doubled, tripled, and whatever, and we're blessing the nations. I'm not saying this to you because we're begging for money or anything. I'm saying this to you because I want you to step into this blessing that what God blesses you with will overflow to your children and your children's children and the people around you, and whatever church you go to. Man, I want you to start off wherever you have a job, here and now at the river, but we're teaching this to you so when you leave here and go to churches in Lake Charles, in Shreveport, in Missouri, in Mississippi, that you will tap into this blessing and you'll bless them, that they'll be a blessing, hallelujah, and you'll continue to flow forever. Yeah. Matthew chapter 6. From Luke, flip back, flip back a few pages. Matthew 6. Verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Is this real? Is this a thing? Does he mean that? Yeah. It's a thing. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now guys, he says that opposite of most of us think. We think we should say, where our heart is, there our treasure will be. No, he's saying, put me first in everything... Now watch this. I'm going to help some folks here. Put me first in everything. And you know, and that's the right way to go. But he's saying in this, if you will step out in faith, because you know I am first, and I saved you, and you want me to be first, but you struggle with this, go ahead and step out and put me first in the tithe, and your heart will follow it. You're putting treasure now into your local church, the river of life, and now everything we do is important to you. Because you got some, hey, where you're invested, hey, if you started sowing money into a business a lot, 
and you're working on, you're going to watch over everything and you're going to be a part and you're going to pray for it and you're going to bless it and you're going to hope it grows and that kind of thing. Well, you start sowing into your church and you're involved. Hey, you want to see, you want Fresh Start to be blessed. You want our ministry to be blessed. You want the building that you've been sowing into to be working. You want the world missions to do well. You're going to start thinking about it. You're going to start praying for it. Hallelujah. Because where your treasure is, your heart will follow. So he's saying, you want your heart to be first with God? Hey, step out in faith. Put your treasure there. And that's a step of faith. Say, Lord God, I want you to be first in my life. I want you to be first in my children's life. I want you to be first in my children's children's life. So you know what I'm going to do? I don't know how to do all that. But I know this. This is the easy part. I'll write the check. I'm going to do this step. And when you do this step, the rest of your heart starts to follow because you're making steps in the right direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's move on to Roman numeral number three in my notes. Help me, Lord. There's another way to look at it. God tithed. Remember, okay, I'll just talk it out, Lord. God told Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you beyond measure. But first, I'm going to test you. Give me the first of all your flocks, herds, of everything. And he did. I'm going to test you even more. Give me that first son that you thought you would never have. Give me him. And Abraham took him. And laid him on the altar and gave him to him from his heart. He didn't have to follow through with the knife because God knew it was already done. Now, because Abraham gave the first, he blessed him, praise the Lord. And his descendants, Jacob had 12 sons that became 12 tribes that became a great nation. And the nation of Israel has blessed the whole earth. In other words, it's the same principle in the garden. There's a seed and there's a harvest. You give the seed and God blesses the harvest. You give the first and God blesses the rest. Abraham gave Isaac and God blessed his whole family and future for generations. In the same way, God the Father gave his firstborn son, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, as a first fruits tithe for all of mankind. And when he gave him, God, by faith, knowing, hallelujah, it would bless the rest. And by giving his first, he would have a family of hundreds of thousands. God did it in faith, knowing and believing that you would come to his family by sacrificing his first. I'm telling you, the whole book is, is also about the tithe message. It's about giving, making God first, believing, and putting your faith in it, and then showing your faith by what you do. Faith without works is dead. Lord, I believe it. Help me to exercise my faith. This is a simple thing, simple to do. 
It's hard to grasp. It might be hard to believe. But I think I believe it in my heart. In my mind, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills. And I don't know mind, I don't know how it's going to work. But in my heart, I see that it's true. So I'm going to step out faith and I'm going to do it. Many have chosen to do that already. And none of them, none of them will come back up here today and say, Pastor, you taught this message uh, 17 years ago. And I stepped in it, and brother, I want to tell you, you are a liar. It didn't work. I hate that message. It doesn't work. Don't teach it anymore. No, not one of them will say that. They'll all say, this has blessed me beyond measure. I can't even contain it. Here, let me buy another motorcycle for that pastor in Africa. Here, let me dig another well. Here, pastor, let me send you to go preach, to go deep message to Zimbabwe. Here, let me help you, brother. I've been blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. And from bottom, I don't take that lightly, church. Any of you in here on our team that gives 10% and ties off your businesses, I don't take that lightly. It's a precious thing to me that you believe in this ministry and believe in me and believe in what we're doing so much, believe in God, and I don't take it lightly. God doesn't take it lightly. When you tithe, believing in his word. He doesn't take it lightly. That's why, you, that's why we can sing that song, He'll Never Let Me Down. And some of you have to keep your mouth closed and others can sing it out. Some of you have experienced what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know yet. We sing these songs and we sing it with joy because they're alive in us. Hallelujah. Oh my. Oh my, I'm not done. I'll finish next week. So, okay, for a few thousand years, God set up a system, the Feast of Israel. And in those feasts, he would sacrifice the Passover lamb, okay? There was the Feast of First Fruits and Unleavened Bread and Passover all together. Well, the First Fruits, they would go out and they would get the first crop of the year in Israel at the springtime was the barley. They would gather the sheaves and they would, the first sheaves that are ready, the, out of all the land, out of all the farmers, you know like the first bale of cotton was celebrated here, like, hey, which farmer got the first bale? And you celebrated it. Well, the first sheave of all the farms, hey, here it is, this is ready. Where, who, whose did it belong to? They brought it to the temple to give to God. The first belongs to God. The first belongs to God. It's not an offering to God that you decide. It already belongs to him. And you either give it back to him in faith or you rob him of it. It's his. It's not even yours. It's his. The first belongs to God. Old Testament, New Testament, ever. The first belongs to him. The first of our week, it's Sunday morning, we're here. The first of everything belongs to God. It all, it's yours, Lord. Matter of fact, it's all yours in the new covenant. Amen. So they would bring the sheaves. And on the feast of first fruit... They would put it on the altar, and if God accepted it, he would accept it by fire. Whoosh! The fire of God would come down and burn it up, and everybody would rejoice. You know that why they were rejoicing? Because if God accepted their offering, their tithe, their first, they knew that he would bless the rest. Hallelujah. Now, 
When they were doing that, at that very moment, Jesus Christ, the tithe of God, the first of mankind, he was sown into the ground. Unless a kernel of wheat die and fall to the ground, it produces nothing. But if it dies, it shall come up and produce 30, 60, 100 fold. Jesus Christ, the first of man, was buried, praise the Lord, given to God, consecrated completely to him. And God accepted the offering and Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible calls him the first fruits of all man. In other words, he's the offering that went first. Now watch this. Just like if God accepted the grain offering, he would bless the rest. He accepted Jesus Christ as the first offering of all of man. He accepted him. So God blessed the harvest of the world for you to come in. You're the result of that offering. If you understand that, then understand this. Every time he gives you a check, every time he multiplies you increase, it's not a cow. Well, so some of you, it's cows. Okay. Some of you, we're living a, or farms, whatever. Mostly it's money. It's checks these days. If God blesses, every time he gives you that, the first tenth belongs to him. You sow it back to him and he blesses the rest. Do you want God's blessing? Do you think... Your 100% without his blessing can do better than your than 90% with his blessing? Well, he's testing you on it to see if you can be faithful in this little thing so he can bless you more. Hello? You can accept that challenge or not, or you can get mad and say, I don't believe that. I'm going to go to another church. That's up to you, man. I'm teaching the word. The whole thing is laid out. In first fruits, okay? God wants to bless you that you might be a blessing to others, okay? Now, it's kind of like this. In every apple, there is seed to sow and there is meat to eat, fruit to eat, okay? So if you're an apple farmer or whatever, you take the apples, right? You eat the fruit and you sow the seed, and the seed comes up as much more apples, right? In the same way, every time you get a paycheck, there's seed to sow and meat to eat. The 10% is the seed. The 90% is your meat to eat, feed your family, take care of your bills, do everything. Don't eat the seed. You're messing up your harvest next week and next month and next year and your children and children's children. Amen. So sow the seed and eat the meat. Some have messed up with a philosophy because they weren't taught by their parents or their parents' parents or their religion or their church. And they just, you know, look at it all, eat all the meat, take the seeds, pay some bills with that too, see what's a little bit left and drop that in a bucket. That's not what he said. Sow all the seed, the whole tithes, the whole 10% and eat the meat. It's not that, if you, re if you study it, man, it's all there. You know, don't look at me like I'm crazy. It's all there. It's really clear. It's all through the Bible, right? Yeah. And most everybody in this church has already, I don't know. You know what? I, I, I talked to God at the very beginning, 17 years ago. I said, I said, Lord, 
I hear about pastors getting mad and upset over people's tithes and offerings. Lord, I just, I just what, do you, what if we do this? I never want to look. He said, good, do it that way. I never have looked at your tithes. Anyone. I know some folks, hey, they bless extra and say, hey, pastor, I want you to use this on a mission trip. I want you to do this. And I know some folks are really blessed that they do that, but I don't go through a list and see who's tithe. I don't know. I just know a bunch of you are because this church is blessed. A bunch of you are tithers, and I'm never going to look. But I'm telling you, God looks. God looks. Jesus was sitting there next to the offering basket at the temple. And it says he was watching them put their stuff in. Jesus, the son of God. He was sitting there. And they were watching and he's watching. And he saw an old woman come and put in two mites. Little pieces not worth a penny. And he spoke up in front of everybody and said, this woman has put in more than you all. On a percentage basis, you know, you, you're wealthy. You may be dropped in 3% or 4%. This woman has just put in 100% of what she had for the month. He was watching. Because he wants to bless. He wants to bless. This is a challenge to think about. I've got some more good word to share on it next week. 